Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Well, on SG Extra today, we'll be talking about traveling. Not very much a Singapore-centric uh, thing, but it's something that Singaporeans love to do to get away for a long weekend or longer. And tourism, of course, uh, has been hard hit during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's right. Now that countries are opening borders, many have their sights set on faraway places for the first time since 2019. But is travel <laughs> set to become more sustainable in a post-pandemic world? Well, we'll find out soon. Enough? Yes, we will. <laughs> anyway, there's been a report that re- mm-hmm. was released recently by Booking.com. Uh, it found that 53% of global travelers wanted to travel more sustainably uh, in the future as COVID-19 opened their eyes to the human impact on the environment. So let's discuss this with Nicola Elliott, the Vice President of BBC Storyworks, who is joining us on the line uh, right now. Nicola, good morning to you. Hi there. Good afternoon. Nicola, let's uh, talk about the concept of sustainable and responsible traveling. What exactly constitutes sustainable and responsible travel? Well, that's um, a very big question, Timothy. <laughs> I think uh, generally with all things uh, sustainable, it's really a, a goal um, or a plan that sort of contributes to looking um, at having less of an impact on the environment and Um, I think that, you know, is four kind of main pillars. It's around sustainable management, so thinking about your strategy and its its impact on the world around you, its socioeconomic impacts, its cultural impacts, and obviously most importantly, um, environmental impacts. Um, And I think, you know, there's very different ways to look at uh, sustainable travel. There's also, you know, thinking about it from a personal perspective, Mm -hmm. where you choose to stay, how you choose to travel, how you choose to behave when you're on those holidays, everything from reusing your towels to taking your reusable water bottle with you when you travel. Um, there's thinking about it from a business level, so that's where that strategy pillar comes in. You know, things like resorts themselves, looking at how they manage their energy consumption, how right. they interact with the communities around them. Um, and then you have also the top-down kind of global um, and governmental level where it's really interesting those kind of structural things, policies um, that enable those uh, resorts and businesses to really kind of have guidelines on how they should be behaving. Mm. Uh, There have been reports that that say that um, sustainability or sustainable uh, businesses, including those in travel, uh, tend to attract perhaps or will there will be a significant impact on on how, you know, uh, on business for them, right? So there is also the issue of greenwashing, right? So how how would... uh, prospective traveller be able to spot potential greenwashing by some of these tourism businesses? Yeah, well, I think there are obviously, um, you know, sort of certification bodies, um, you know, that can help uh, tourists sort of identify um, these different things. So um, there is, you know, criteria for global sustainable tourism um, and the global Sustainable Tourism Council, which is um, made up of a bunch of UNESCO bodies that sort of develop standards um, and have accreditation. So tourists can definitely check um, on the accreditations of the places or offers that they're looking into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's definitely about, you know, educating yourself. So kind of um, reading about what sustainability really means in a sort of very deep level. And I think... You know, when it comes to greenwashing, there are obviously um, bad actors, um, you know, when it comes to businesses who are really looking to kind of 
um, promote things as um, you know ecotourism when they aren't really. Um, but mm. it, it is also that sustainability is a really quite a complex topic, and mm. where something might look sustainable on the surface, it's really about um, the entire life cycle of, or impact of something. Exactly. Those four pillars that I talked about earlier. So it's, it's it's quite a difficult thing to do, but there are more and more um, you know bodies coming in to help uh, consumers really understand what is sustainable and what is not, um, and you know really educating yourself is very important. Mm. So Nicola, on top of all the uh, the pillars that you talked about and the bodies that are educating people, there's just too many things for a, a normal traveler to to look into and to consider before they travel. But the bottom line is how much it will cost them, right? If it's going to cost um, more to go for a more sustainable holiday, would a traveler really opt for that instead of something that they can afford? Um, I think it's, you know, becoming more and more important to people. I think, you know, you see this reflected through kind of all consumerism and from, from products to tourism, people are, um, you know, especially younger generations are really, really focused on mm-hmm. sustainability becoming more important to them. They are willing um, to pay up to um, ensure that their impact on the mm. world, um, you know, is sustainable. And I think there's also um, a bigger interest in, you know, not just being sustainable, but the topics around things in tourism, mm-hmm. which sort of uh, look at sustainability, you know, from contributing um, in holidays and things like beach cleanups, also just kind of um, in the interest of learning about the environment around you, learning about the cultures and communities which you're visiting. So rather than just, you know, being in a resort and being on a beach, actually sort of interacting with the communities around you, understanding how they sustain themselves, um, looking at utilizing local produce, that type of thing. So actually mm-hmm. the experience itself outside of the cost, really generating right. that understanding mm. um, and learning is part of what is drawing people to travel um, in this new world as well. So I think there's a hell of a lot of motivation for people to um you know, to really, whether it's paying off or whether it's just educating themselves and looking for a new type of experience, uh, which is more sustainable. We are talking to Nicola Elliott, Vice President of BBC StoryWorks, and we're discussing the concept of sustainable and responsible travel as the world opens up uh, this year. And as more and more people are starting to travel, now before COVID-19, we've seen problems, for example, in places like uh, Venice, which was plagued with over tourism, right? Um, would yeah. would 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 we able be able to turn back time in places like that, or even Barcelona, and do it in a more sustainable manner? Because everyone um, has all these pent up uh, demand or pent up energy to go out traveling. Will they actually be looking at you know? Are the cities doing anything about managing control of the number of uh, the volume of travelers? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, um, I can't speak to Barcelona specifically, but I do know that a lot of the um, sort of um, Asian tourism bodies which Mm -hmm. we work with have a real focus on this. So um, obviously quite famously, Boracay, you know, shut down for a couple of months Mm. um, in 2018. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And they are actually cutting um, their tourism numbers. We we recently wrote an article about this, um, you know, with the tourism body. Mm -hmm. um, And they had um, sort of around 19,000 visitors were coming to Boracay kind of every day in 2018, uh, whereas now arrivals are capped at 6,000 450 um, with a sort of 
total capacity of 55,000, which is a very, very significant cut in tourism. Um, and sort of there are many other structural rules around that, such as waste management, not being able to drink or smoke on the beach, you know, that's sort of looking to protect the ocean. So it's a really big thing. And, um, you know, I think, um, you know, also in Thailand, for example, they have a new um, sort of roadmap, biocircular green economic model, which, um, as I mentioned earlier, these structures help um, tourism businesses, um, you know, within um, these countries look at what they should be doing, and it's no longer kind of a case of it would be nice to be green. It's a case of we're enforcing mm. these right. policies on business to, to to ensure that we reduce some of this damage going forward. So I'm not sure about turning back the clock, but definitely mm. looking at, um, you know, a very sort of strict controls in the mm. future that ensure mm. that these places mm. will still be there. Mm. So, Nicola, you, you, you mentioned so Barakai and Thailand and all these places which have seen the effects of over-tourism devastate the environment environment, right? But then there are newer destinations who are still trying to, to attract, uh, you know, tourists to come and visit. What can they do now so that they don't uh, damage their own environment, you think? Yeah, I think it's very much, you know, the same policy. So it's looking at, um, you know, how um, they, they structure policy from a governmental perspective to give people the right guidelines. I think, mm. you know, it's really around uh, education, just the same way it is with um, tourists educating themselves, it's governments educating businesses, right. you know, whether that's sort of private or public stakeholders um, within these destinations to be able to get it right from the start. Um, whether that's visit- uh, limiting visitor numbers, whether that's, you know, waste management, whether that's, you know, policies on how they interact with the environment around them, such as, you know, utilizing um, kind of like local organic farms to provide their produce and not flying in everything or, mm. you know, that type of thing. So really providing the ecosystem that enables these businesses to be able to um, to be able to be more sustainable. Mm. Well, looking at the overall picture um, from the way many cities and countries are opening up their borders, uh, from the sort of uh, traveler traffic that we have seen, at least from Singapore, out of Singapore, um, one would think, um, one would be, I think, forgiven for thinking that traveler confidence has returned, uh, you know, in a vengeance despite the pandemic. Is that your interpretation as well from your, your view? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we've seen, you know, just on BBC alone, um, a huge uptick in um, travel-related content um, this year versus last year and people consuming that. Um, definitely um, looking at, you know, sustainability as a big topic, but also kind of really interested in, you know, the cultural tourism. So looking at, you know, yeah. places that they can mm-hmm. sort of learn about, have new experiences. It's not just about replicating, you know, a beach resort on the most on the most beautiful beach that could be sort of anywhere in the world. But it's really about kind of looking at um, the locations that can provide a truly unique experience mm-hmm. um, where they can learn something about uh, new cultures. Mm-hmm. And within that experience, all the things that Singaporeans love, you know, from, you know, from food to <laughs> <laughs> um, beaches and all of that mm-hmm. too. So, but really kind of looking at so, um, a local perspective mm-hmm. and experiencing something new. I think the local experience is what makes traveling magical. Thank you very much, Nicola, for joining us and discussing sustainable traveling and responsible traveling. It's not going to be business as usual anymore for the travel industry. Nicola Elliott is the vice president of BBC StoryWorks, joining us here on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.